Welcome to the FFI Practitioner Podcast. I'm Jordan Rich. Today, we're pleased to feature Drs. Annalene McKeels, Isabel Batero, and Roland Kidwell, co-authors of the upcoming Family Business Review article entitled Toward a Family Science Perspective on Executive Compensation in Family Firms, a Review and Research Agenda. Family Business Review was the first scholarly journal to be published in the field of family enterprise and is part of the research branch of FFI. Annalene, tell us why the three of you took on this research project. Well, we looked at executive compensation and family businesses, um, mainly because it's really at the heart of so many uh, family business questions. You know, they, they ask themselves questions like, um, how much should I pay my children or should all family members receive equal pay? Should we emphasize equality or uh, do we go for merit-based compensation and so on? So they they all face these these issues and they often lead to conflict so that's why it's such an important topic and therefore we decided to take a look at what sort of research has been done so far so we uh we did a systematic literature review we looked at 71 journal articles uh, written on uh, the issue of executive compensation in family businesses isabel pick up if you will from there and tell us about the the process of putting the study together from your point of view well it was a long process uh, it took us about 5 years to from the moment that we started till till we got published and so what we tried to do is we tried to collect all the information that others have done about family and executive compensation. We explored uh, kind of how do they, they collect data, where do they collect the data from, what type, how do they assess what compensation is. Um, and what we found was that, that a lot of people look at compensation from a lot of different ways. So in the process of doing this, we also had to figure out you know, if we're going to combine these ideas, how are we going to think about compensation? For family business owners, it is the pay aspect of it. And pay can be the money that you get given every month, or it can include also the benefits and the perks that you are included. So it, that was kind of one of the, the things that took us, I would say, the most uh, time. And then we wanted to also figure out what is it that, that you're studying about compensation? Is it that you're studying what affects whether a compensation is done one way or another, or if compensation is uh, kind of looking at affecting another variable. So let's say how much you pay can affect maybe the involvement and the commitment that you have to the organization or your willingness to stay. So we also wanted to separate kind of what were the antecedents to to compensation and what were the outcomes that were associated to compensation. Roland, a question for you. Has there been any kind of structured uh, document in the past that any families have looked at, or is it pretty much uh, going as you go? And this might be the first charter document that uh, helps people out. Well, I think one of the elements of the study we found, a lot of the research is comparing family businesses to non-family businesses. And while there's been a lot of great research in economics, finance, management, and other disciplines, the focus really had been looking at data that was publicly available, publicly traded companies, and looking at uh, it in a certain way, certain kinds of theories that were kind of driving it, and mainly comparing family to non-family. So in answer to your question, I think there's a lot of work to be done in that area. I think there are some specific documents for families, but I think one of the things we're adding to this is looking at it from the perspective of family dynamics. 
and trying to come down to the very basic level of families working together to try to figure these issues out and uh, to go from there to design compensation plans. Because uh, while some families do this pretty well, other families don't do it until they get into a situation where there may be some sort of a conflict and people don't understand and the family just what it's based upon, how the children are being paid, how outside executives, non-family members are being paid, and how the uh, the leaders of the family firm are being paid or otherwise compensated. So I feel yeah. like this kind of sets the stage for a lot more uh, in-depth research, which we're attempting to pursue, that look at some of the issues within families and across families where there's differences depending upon the type of business, the size of the business, the generational aspects of the business and so on. So I think that uh, this is a good jumping off point for uh, a lot more research that uh, gets into a lot more specific uh, family issues across mm-hmm. families. To compliment uh, Roland, I also think that because most of the work has been based on data that is publicly available, the, this data comes from very, very large companies that either are publicly traded or or there's a, a component that is easy to it's easier to access their data. And what we found also is that the majority of business owning families or the majority of family businesses are privately held, which then sometimes we were thinking is like how although this this previous research is fantastic, then what is the applicability to these privately owned family businesses? Because they, they have quite different characteristics. That's also a springboard to looking more at families and, and how they make decisions. And sp- particularly smaller f- family businesses, because we think that the majority of, of family businesses are, I would say, 500 or less employees. And so, and, and I think that this, this is kind of different. My question has to do with transparency, sharing of this information, and how much of an impact the idea of being open and transparent this could have on future family relationships. Yeah, that's actually a, a very big uh, issue because it's it's one of the most biggest secrets uh, within family businesses or, or often topics that are not openly discussed and then that leads to conflict. So this is one of the first things um, that should be um, applied when um, when family businesses start putting in, in place a, a compensation philosophy or compensation policy. So the first step is communication and, and uh, discussing these things with the, with the family and family members. They often don't do it. Part of the transparency, I think, is that families also need to have uh, an idea of kind of what would be the starting point and how can we think about this process. You don't have to say, hey, I make X amount of money, but this is the way that we make decisions about about compensation. It doesn't have to be like everybody knows how much you made, but is everybody knows how these compensation decisions are made. If everybody knows, then they understand that, let's say a person is doing an, an amazing job and bringing a lot of business and they understand why that person is making more. And it's not it's like, oh, this is the favorite of the family. Yeah, and that's the reason why we see in so many family businesses that they pay, for example, their children exactly the same amount of money, um, but they're doing so uh, different jobs and they have different responsibilities. One sister can be the CEO and then the brother can have a a totally different job and they get the same uh, amount of money. And it's just because 
they avoid having the conversation uh, that Isa mentioned, like uh, what is the added value and what efforts are, are um, going into the firm and, and what are the outcomes of those efforts. And that's a discussion that family business uh, need to have uh, before they can, can put in place a, a real uh, compensation plan that fits the family. Roland, do you have any additional thoughts on that overall question? I think um, what we're moving toward is to look more at, again, family dynamics and looking at some of the variables that haven't been looked at uh, going forward, like birth order and what impact that might have on how people are compensated. The issue of entitlement, you know, Annalene mentioned everyone being paid equally versus being paid based on merit and just to maintain family harmony in some instances. And what's the impact of that, of course? on financial performance of the organization, other aspects of performance. Um, The idea of equity and and whether you are getting compensated for what you're putting in, getting out what you're putting in is another issue that that we can take a look at. Um, But there's a variety of other uh, ways to approach. And I think one of the things we try to do in this paper is suggest some ways to, uh, to consider compensation within that family dynamic and some of those theories are birth order and parenting style and those sorts of issues. Any one of you want to expound on any of those substantive ideas, feel free. Isabel? Well, I, I, w- I was going to compliment it in, in a different way. One of the, th- the challenges that the business owning families face today is recruiting their next generation too. And Sometimes that th- this challenge can be tied to the compensation and the compensation policies that, that the business family has. Because, for example, if I, as a next generation, go and work outside and get paid competitive market prices, and then my, my parents want me to come and work back at the organization, and they're going to give me a pay cut, it's like, why would I return to work in the family businesses if you're giving me a pay cut? One of the things that that I think um, talking about compensation and better understanding kind of how families make decisions about compensation, it can help other aspects like the continuity of the business and the the involvement of the next generation inside of the business. And I think that that's very, very important because to achieve continuity, you need to have more members that are willing to come and work for the business too. When a company has a company handbook, which outlines the various strategies for moving forward, it makes sense. Everyone's on the same page. Are we moving towards this or hopefully in your eyes, moving towards something where there's more organizational structure that will cut off some of these problems before they arise? That's a key, key element. I think in a lot of family businesses, started small, of course, perhaps a husband and wife, bringing children on board, growing the business, bringing in non-family, and ensuring that you have some sort of human resource management structure. Of course, compensation is one element of that. So if you have formalized hiring systems, uh, recruitment, selection, performance appraisal, discipline, it's kind of tough, of course, in the family when you have that situation. But if executive compensation, other forms of compensation are part of that, that is really the direction where a lot of family businesses need to go if they haven't gone there already. And that is to have a sense of what, it, what do we do in this particular situation as opposed to try to reinvent it each time as we uh, are faced with it. So I think that's, that's really key. What you're asking fits right in there. Yeah, absolutely. And that's also 
what we found in our paper um, or, or what we mentioned in our paper is the problem that all these studies, everything that we know about executive compensation is based on data from publicly held firms. So also these um, best practices and recommendations that come from current research are based on these types of firms. And as Isa mentioned in the beginning, we don't know what's the applicability to, to uh, privately held family businesses as they develop their, their human resource systems. So that's why we need more research on these types of firms um, that uh, consider the complexity of the family systems so that we can or that, that advisors can uh, take this into account when they're working with families to, to uh, put in lazy systems. The research paper does take into account the question of non-family members and non-family member compensation. Would anyone like to comment on what new directions you see coming forward from the study uh, that can help families determine what to pay people outside of the family? I think that the, one of the things that, that our paper brings to light is the importance of kind of the dynamics and the relationships between family members and how that can have an impact on, on the way that we think about compensation in, in a business. And particularly to kind of help families understand that maybe using like this, let's pay everybody equal might not be a really good choice. When I think I think when you're in a family business, you're kind of trying to navigate this idea of like the business components and this professionalization side of the business, but also this family dynamics and how do I manage that at the same time? And I think that this is for us like the main, main point to take away from our paper that if we don't consider any of these dynamics, we're missing a big part of the picture and a, and a big part of what helps in the decision-making of, of a family to, to understand first kind of what is their compensation policy because what works for some family might not work for a different one. But second also is how can all the things that we do in our family affect then how we're making decisions about who gets paid what. And the family non-family issue is kind of an interesting one because some of the research has indicated that family businesses need to pay executives coming from outside more than the family members uh, would receive in terms of executive compensation because the market is out there. And in a lot of instances, the family has other interests, they have ownership, they have other ways to increase their compensation, but to hire good non-family executives, you may find them being paid a fair bit more than, uh, than some family members in the same position. So that's another issue that kind of needs to be managed as well in that process. You've done a lot of work, all three of you. It's a massive project. And what's the hope in the, say, the next few years with the help of FFI and other organizations? What what do you look forward to on the horizon, Annalene? At this point, we're um, doing a follow-up study. So we are uh, doing interviews, qualitative study, where we have uh, already interviewed about 30 family business advisors and family business owners. Uh, and we're still um, collecting interviews uh, as we speak. So we try to fill this gap, um, at least for a part ourselves, um, because in, in this research, we dive into all these questions, all these issues that uh, we, we discussed uh, during, during our talk here. 
We try to uncover uh, the role of the family dynamics uh, in in setting uh, executive compensation uh, policies, and and we try to figure out ways that that work for some families. Uh, so comp- uh, measures of compensation that work for some families, and then they don't for other families. Um, and so far, these interviews have been very informative for us. The emphasis on compensation sometimes gets lost in the early stages. And just to give you one example, a parent and a daughter formed a new business and never figured out who owned what and how they were going to be compensated. And it really was a big factor in that business not continuing. So I think compensation of the executives, we think of executives, but I mean, these are basically the leaders. This could be two people in a family business, could be 10, could be 20. If we're not paying attention to that issue and we're just going on the fly and then we're getting years down the road, this could be an element that could really destroy the the family business. So I think it's something that uh, is very important to be emphasized um, through FFI, through other sources as well that uh, compensation, executive compensation, is something that really needs to be figured out very early in the process. And I also think that uh, we hope at the end to have a very applicable side in the sense that we can help families by providing them with kind of some questions to think about. Like if you're starting your compensation process and if you're starting to have these discussions, here are some things to consider as you do it and to see if it works for you or if it doesn't work for you. And then the second component is also having maybe some ideas of what other families do so that they can have some points of comparison. It's like, you know, these are the options that you have, then find out which of these options will best work for your business family. Mm -hmm. Because at the end, I think that we all got into this because we're interested in helping the families and helping them by giving them foundations to think about as they make the decisions that will work for them. The paper works on two levels, two major levels, as I can see, the dollars and cents level, obviously, but the humanity and the family structure, which is so important and has been neglected, perhaps, by other researchers. So congratulations to all of you. I know there's a lot more to delve into, and people will see you at the conference and be able to get some benefit from it. So thank you all very, very much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Our thanks to Annaline Michiels, Isabel Botero, and Roland Kidwell for this thoughtful discussion on executive compensation in family firms. FFI's mission is to be the global network of thought leaders in the field of family enterprise. To learn more about the Family Business Review, FFI membership, and the October conference at MIT, go to www.ffi.org. For more FFI Practitioner podcasts and articles, or to submit one of your own, go to ffipractitioner.org. Thank you for listening.